Today on The Verdict with Pastor John Monroe. And as we read the verses, and as you turn to them in your Bible, Matthew 7, verses 13 through 23, note that there are two ways, two trees, and two destinations. A choice must be made. Yes, a call for you to decide. Welcome to The Verdict, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor John Monroe. We know decisions have consequences, but there are some decisions that have eternal consequences. Today on The Verdict, we're nearing the end of our study on Jesus' Sermon on the Mount by considering the ultimate choice presented by Jesus, who's bringing things to a close. And He explains there are two ways and two destinations. Now, here's Pastor John Monroe with today's message. Many people look on the Sermon on the Mount as purely ethical teaching. They focus on the golden rule. Whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them. However, we learned last time that as Jesus is coming to the conclusion of the Sermon, He's calling for a decision, a very specific and serious decision between very clear options. He presents two ways, the narrow way and the wide way. He presents two trees, trees which bear bad fruit and trees which bear good fruit. He talks of two destinations. What are we to make of this all-important choice? Do listen carefully as we look at this fascinating passage of Scripture. Jesus is calling for a decision. And at the end of this message, I will call for a verdict. Matthew 7 then, verse 13, enter by the narrow gate. For the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter it are many. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life. And those who find it are few. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will recognize them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, you will recognize them by their fruits. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? and cast out demons in your name, and do many mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. So let me give you the overview of the verses we've read, and as we go through them, note the the differences between the narrow way and the easy way. On the narrow way, there are few, On the wide way, there are many. On the narrow way, there is entrance into the kingdom. On the wide way, there is exclusion from the kingdom. The narrow way leads to heaven itself. 
The wide way leads to hell. Listen to Jesus. Enter by the narrow gate. Two ways. But there are two trees. Verses 15 through 20. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You'll recognize them by their fruits. Yes, says Jesus, there are these two trees, both bearing fruit, but one bears good fruit and one bears bad fruit. And he describes these false prophets, these false teachers as ravenous wolves. Verse 15. Jesus is saying, now be careful. Be very careful here. Because there are people who look like shepherds. They're wearing sheep's clothing. But inwardly, they are ravenous wolves. The very opposite of a shepherd. The shepherd protects the flock. The ravenous wolf comes to destroy the flock. False prophets, false teachers. The true shepherd doesn't tailor his message uh, to suit the cultural appetites of those who are on the broad road leading to destruction. That's what some churches do. Well, what do people out there want? Let's give it to them. That's the very opposite of what Jesus is saying. That's false prophets. They come, they look very good, they look very slick. Uh, they've got the right clothes, but inwardly, says Jesus, they're ravenous wolves. See, the problem is that the false teacher, Jesus is saying, is disguised. They look like shepherds, but they're ravenous wolves. Listen to how Paul describes that in 2 Corinthians 11, verse 13. He talks about, he says, such men are false apostles, deceitful workmen, disguising themselves as apostles of Christ. That's it. They put on the sheep's clothing. They disguise themselves as apostles. Second Corinthians 11 verse 14, no, and no wonder, don't be surprised, for even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. How do you picture Satan? Fork tail, horns, nasty looking individuals, how you picture them? Well, he's a nasty individual, of course, but he can present himself as an angel of light. So it's no surprise, says Paul, if the servants also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness, their end will correspond to their deeds. They disguise themselves. Jesus is warning us. These ravenous wolves don't look like ravenous wolves. What do, how do we know them? Verse 20, you'll recognize them by their fruits. That's it. What are they producing? Are they proclaiming the gospel of the grace of God? Do they believe what Jesus is saying in the Sermon on the Mount? Do they believe that there's only one way, one truth, one life, that no one comes to the Father apart from me? That's the mark of the true shepherd. That's the mark of the true teacher, not drawing people to himself, but pointing people to the Lord Jesus and saying, listen, I'm simply a servant. I am your servant for Christ's sake. Two ways, two trees. Finally, two destinations. 
verses 21 through 23. Let me read them again. Not everyone who says, underline, says, I've underlined it in my Bible. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? Then I'll declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. It's almost frightening to read, isn't it? Do you find that? On the day of judgment, some enter the kingdom of heaven and some are excluded. You see, the narrow way leads to life, Jesus says. The broad road leads to destruction. Yes, at church, we believe in heaven, but we also believe in hell. And all in the Christian community are not authentic followers of Jesus. On that day of judgment, just because someone says, Lord, Lord, doesn't mean that they enter the kingdom. There's a group here that Jesus describes who are protesting and they're saying the right thing. Lord, Lord. Notice that they claim to have done everything in the name of the Lord. Three times they say, in your name, in your name. Didn't we prophesy in your name? Didn't we cast out demons in your name? Didn't we do mighty works in your name? Notice all of it's very sensational, very spectacular, and they did it all in the name of Jesus. They're pointing to their religious activities. But says Jesus, I never knew you. There is no true relationship with the Lord Jesus. And Jesus says, I didn't know you. In a sense, I didn't know you, and I don't know you as my true followers. Just stop. Stop and think about what Jesus is saying. There is a huge difference, a huge gulp, can I say an eternal difference between professing the name of the Lord Jesus and possessing eternal life. The fact that you say, I'm a believer in Jesus, the fact that you say, I have eternal life, doesn't mean that you are a true follower of Jesus. You say, well, I've done these spectacular things. I'm always amazed. You get these, what I regard as false teachers, they can fill stadiums, can't they? And as they advertise, it's all this sensational. They're going to do these tremendous healings. Uh, they've got these wonderful messages from the Lord, and uh, it's going to be absolutely exciting and spectacular, and thousands and thousands go to hear them. Jesus says, no, but actually, I never knew you. Do you know it's possible to come to church? It's possible even to teach Sunday school. It's possible that you sing in a choir. It's possible that you feed the homeless. Yes, it's possible that you could be a pastor of church and still not be saved. Do you think, because you come to church, that that is going to guarantee you getting into heaven? And you say, Lord, Lord, let me, let me tell you all that I did. Why is it that you think you can say you're a follower of Jesus Christ and then live as you like? Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. 
But, here it is, the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. The similar passage at the end of the Sermon on the Mount in Luke's account, Luke says in Luke 6, verse 46, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I tell you? What does it mean to say that Jesus is Lord? He's the commander in chief. He's the highest authority, he's God. How can you say Lord, Lord, and then leave the sanctuary and go and live your own life? It just will not do. No, the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Do you know what's the authentic mark of the follower of Jesus? It's trusting Christ and obeying Christ. Doing the will of your Father in heaven. You say, John, but I, I thought we're not saved by works. I thought we're not saved by what we do. That is correct. That is correct. We're saved by grace alone. How many times have I said that from this pulpit? A couple of years ago, we preached through the book of Romans. Over and over again, we learned that we're saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. Yes, that is true. We are saved entirely, 100% by the grace of God. But here's the point. Those who have entered the narrow gate are characterized by doing the will of their heavenly Father. You'll recognize them by their fruits. How is it that we have in cultural Christianity here in the United States, thousands of people, can I say millions of people, who say that they are believers in Jesus Christ, but their lives are a total disaster? And if all of these millions and millions of people in the United States are true believers, why is our society in such a mess? Notice what Jesus says. These are his words. Verse 22, I'll declare, oh, you, you tell me all the things you've done. Very impressive. Very, very impressive. I never knew you. Depart from me, notice it, you workers of lawlessness those who are against the law of God, those who don't obey God's law, uh, those who are disobedient. You, you're claiming a relationship with your heavenly Father, but as I look at your life, you have consistently, over and over again, lived a life according to your own sinful desires. Now, this is not saying Jesus is not looking for perfection. All of us have sinned as followers of Jesus Christ. That is true. But for the true believer, the individual who has entered the narrow gate, there is a radical change of life. If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. How can you say you love Christ? How can you say, Lord, Lord, and continue to live your life just as you want? In fact, if it, the truth be told, although you say you're a follower of Jesus Christ, if we examined your life, it's just like the unbeliever. In fact, you live like the unbeliever. In fact, you prefer to be with unbelievers. It's a bit of a strain uh, being with Christians. You'd rather be with unbelievers. You can then do what you want, and then you think, well, I'm a follower of Jesus. I'm sorry, Jesus. And you continue to live your life. Well, Jesus is saying, you can say, you love me. But if you love me, says Jesus, you'll keep my commandments. Two ways, two trees, 
to a destination. You see, John, this is a tough message. It is a tough message. But it needs to be preached as part of the scripture. I have to ask you, what way are you on? What way are you on? Are you on the narrow way or on, your broad, on the broad road? What are you producing in your life? Bad fruit or good fruit? Is there anything in your life which would suggest that you're following Jesus? The spiritual appetites? If you love Christ, you love his word. If you love Christ, when you, you sin, you'll be broken rather than saying, well, of course, everyone sins and that's just the way people live nowadays and uh, uh, yeah, I could do better. And you go on to continuing your sin and there's no, there's no brokenness before God. What's your destination? Life or destruction? Blessing or ruin, heaven or hell? Today. Today is the time to get real. Acknowledge your self-righteousness, your hypocrisy, that Jesus has talked about, your pride, your immorality, your sin, whatever it is. Jesus calls for repentance. Isn't that part of the problem? We want Jesus, but we still want to live as we like. Jesus is saying, it doesn't work, it doesn't work. That's the broad road. That's the broad road of the philosophy. That you can say, I love Jesus, and then go and live as you like. No, you can't, you can't serve two masters. Make up your mind, be true to yourself. If that's the way you want to live, at least have the courage to say, that's what I'm going to do. Jesus is saying, he is the only way of salvation. Listen to the last verse of John 3. We know John 3.16. Listen to John 3.36. Whoever believes in the Son, have you, have you believed in Christ? Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. That's entering by the narrow gate. Whoever does not obey the Son. Notice that. Some say, whoever doesn't believe the Son. Ah, but the word does not, doesn't believe. The word is obey. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life, but whoever does not obey the Son, who doesn't believe, shall not see life, but the wrath of God remains on him. That's it. You see, you don't stumble into the narrow way. You're not born into the narrow way. It's not because your mom and dad are Christians. It's not because they're members of the church. It's not because that you said once a little prayer uh, that you didn't really understand and you think it's all right with my soul. Uh, when I was six years old, I said this little prayer and uh, I guess I'm fine, I'm ready for heaven. No, this has got to be a deliberate decision of faith in the Lord Jesus. Have you done that? Have you entered the, na the narrow gate? He's the only one who can save you is Jesus. He's the son of God. He's come, pays the price for our sin on the cross, rises again. He's conquered death as we've been celebrating. He bore the judgment of God, which you deserve, and he will take you to life everlasting. Isn't that wonderful? You, some of you say, well, I understand. Following Jesus is, is, is hard. Yes, it can be. There's a cost. Jesus is going to teach about that. You've got to repent of your sin. You've got friends that look at you differently. It may affect your career when you've got an ungodly boss who wants you to, to do unethical things and against Scripture, and you say, no, yeah, sometimes it's hard. Fighting the devil, putting on the armor of God. Yes, it's not, it's not easy. There's a cost to it. It's called being a disciple. But it's a way of joy. 
It's the way of blessing. It's the way to eternal life. John Bunyan in The Pilgrim's Progress tells of Christian reaching celestial city heaven. I keep talking about Pilgrim's Progress. You need to read it if you don't. Steeped in the Bible. They're cut. Christian, remember he starts with a big burden of sin. Then he comes to the cross and the burden rolls away. He says, there comes to the gate of celestial city, picture of heaven, a man called Ignorance, Bunyan writes. Then they asked him for his certificate that they might go in and show it to the king. So he fumbled in his bosom for one and found none. Then they said to him, have you none? But the man answered, never a word. So they told the king, but he would not come down to see him, but commanded the two shining ones that conducted Christian and hopeful to the city to go out and take ignorance and bind him hand and foot and have him away. Then they took him up and carried him through the air to the door that I saw in the side of the hill and put him in there. Then Bunyan says this. Perhaps he was thinking of these verses. Then I saw... Then I saw that there was a way to hell, even from the gates of heaven, as well as from the city of destruction. What's Bunyan doing? Bunyan is saying, here's, here's this man who thinks he's a believer. He comes to the very gate of the city. Ah, but he's not saved by grace. He's called ignorance. And he's thrown out into hell. So there's a way to hell, says Bunyan, even from the gates of heaven, as well as from the city of destruction. The professing believer. What is Jesus saying to you? Enter by the narrow gate. Do you, do you hear Jesus saying that to you? Enter by the narrow gate. Young man, enter by the narrow gate. Older woman, too long you have sat on the fence. Too long you've played at being a follower of Jesus Christ. Today, enter by the narrow gate. Today, receive Jesus Christ as your Savior. Get on your knees and cry out to Christ. Repent of your sin and embrace the Savior. What will he, he do? He won't cast you out. He'll save you. He'll forgive your sins and give you eternal life. It's a path of joy, the path of blessing. Today, put your trust in Jesus Christ. Enter by the narrow gate. Will you do that? You're listening to The Verdict with Pastor John Monroe and a message titled, Two Ways, Two Trees, Two Destinations. If you want to revisit any part of this lesson, you can easily do that anytime on our website at theverdict.org. And as a special addition to this series, we're offering a helpful Bible study resource that explores all of the teaching by Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount. It's a booklet by John called Life in the Kingdom, and it deals with what we've been discussing, what it really means to follow Christ as taught by Jesus Himself. With key passages of Scripture and insightful commentary, this booklet provides a clear understanding of how to live for the eternal kingdom of God each and every day. And right now, you can request a free copy of Life in the Kingdom by visiting our website at theverdict.org. While you're there, be sure to also sign up for our monthly email list to get the latest ministry news and special announcements from John. Here at The Verdict, we're committed to sharing and teaching biblical truth with as many listeners as we can. And you can be a part of this gospel work by supporting our ministry with a financial gift of any amount. So please make a generous donation today by going online to theverdict.org or call us at 833 551 
2231. You can also send a check through the mail. Just address your envelope to The Verdict, Care of Calvary Church, 5801 Pineville Matthews Road, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28226. Now, here's John. Well, what's your verdict? Where are you heading? Are you on the wide road which leads to destruction? Or the narrow way which leads to life eternal? There's no middle road. There is no other option. You're either saved or lost. I urge you to put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. Don't think just because you go to church or are a good person that you have eternal life. Enter by the narrow gate. The wise and the foolish is our topic next time as Jesus gives an intriguing parable. Thanks for joining us today on The Verdict. I'm Michelle Davies. Today's program with Pastor John Monroe was produced and sponsored by Calvary Church in Charlotte, North Carolina.